Welcome to Dancing with the Bards, where we are fulfilling a promise to all of you that we've been making since the first episode. Today we're covering the anime campaign system, a d20-based system created by Brendan Blaber, aka Jello Apocalypse. My name is Ian, and joining me today are fellow bards Chris, Howdy, Brooke, Hello, Will, Hello, and our returning guest Nelson. Hi. Some of you may be more familiar with this system as the basis for the web series called Epithet Erased, a series we all enjoyed enough to learn the game. For anyone who is unfamiliar, you play as either an inscribed or a mundi. Inscribed have powers based on a word they were inscribed with at birth, while mundis are just regular folk who rely on determination and hard work to keep up. The system relies on rolling a d20 to determine the success of outcomes without needing any additional modifiers or bonuses, and is based on the Unforgotten Realm system. With that, let's get started. Fantastic. Uh, off mic, we did have a lot of a lot of discussions, which unfortunately we're we're gonna miss in the the podcast, but we'll try and cover them. Uh, do we want to go through just real quick, get to go through the system, and then go to our actual thoughts on the system? Sure. Um, I since you know, I think it, I I can explain the system since we, uh, it was my my idea to run it. Um, the system works as, uh, you take a d20 to, and, uh, you roll, and depending on how the number, it's either success or failure, or even, uh, extreme failure or extreme success, depending on how high or how low you rolled. Mm. It really does help that fact that it, it's like that because you don't have to keep track of any extra dice, and it makes it a bit more budget-friendly, per se, as you don't need to, you know, purchase a whole set of dice just to play. Or, you know, you can just use, online if you're playing online, using a dice roller, you just need to, ke- to keep track of just one. And, um, and I would say it's pretty, the game is pretty straightforward. Uh, the system's pretty straightforward where, um, everything you need to know, the basis for everything you need to know is on the uh, PDF that they that's online for the anime campaign. And there are some things that I wish were a bit fixed or refined is a better word to say. But uh, do we do keep in mind that this was made in 2016 and there hasn't been really many changes to it as it is a homebrewed. The other thing for this system is that both the stamina and the health bar, or the health HP, sorry, hit points, are based in one stat. So stamina and hit points are all the same thing. And stamina in this regard should refer to your ability to use your character's abilities as well as just like magic or spells in general. Which, it makes it a little bit easier to keep track of stuff, but at the same time... If you're trying to go for a character who can use their abilities a lot, it does limit you to how many times you can use your abilities, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But the thing is, it kind of you kind of have to strategically plan out what you're going to do. If if not, you can get your character knocked out if you're not too careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I just want to note as well is that there's no dying in this game. So if you are knocked out in combat, your character is not gone. They just kind of take a nap and then wake up after the fight. Uh, uh, And that being said, I I still feel like it doesn't really lower the stakes uh, in in a a realistic way. It still feels like combat is a challenge and it still feels like there are actual consequences to your actions. It's more just like if you happen to be emotionally attached to your characters like me, uh, you get to choose when you stop playing a character instead of it being chosen for you. so that's just, that's where I, like, I like that because I really put a lot of thought in characters when I really go for it and know that they're going to be there for a while. Um, and I would also like to point out in the system, it does say, it feels more like a Saturday morning cartoon that you're trying to run more so, where even the fact that weapons aren't really wep- weapons per se, where uh, guns aren't really actual guns, or they're, they're even said in the in uh, the system that they're like airsoft and you know non pea shooters, so they're non lethal. As well as like your weapons don't kill, you just simply become incapacitated. Which is nice, especially at the end of every encounter, you uh you get all your 
uh, stamina back as well as uh, whatever reward it, whatever you're awarded if you win the fight or mm-hmm. lose the fight. So jumping into system, starting with number of players into our actual grading system. I uh, feel this is pretty standard for number of players. Uh, we're looking at like usually three to five for a group. Uh, as I said, that's kind of a sweet spot for me. I feel like that's a good set number for a tabletop role-playing game. I gave it a three as well because it's pretty straightforward where it recommends uh, three to five players, and which is it, especially for a person who uh, doesn't really uh, DM or is new to it, it kind of gives you the right amount where it's not a lot of people, it's not a lot of people to keep track of, it doesn't slow down combat as much, and if you can manage the maximum amount or the least amount, it's up to you, really. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's not too much disses, uh, dissonance we have here. I feel like everyone no. feels like the three to five is good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, accessibility. Uh, in terms of uh, people with exceptionalities, are they capable of playing? I put this as a two, as um, we'll probably discuss later, but I feel like the character creation process does leave a little bit to be desired if you don't already know what you want to play. Um, just because apart from using the actual uh, listed abilities that already exist uh, or that did exist in the Unforgotten Realms section, you won't really know what is illegal for you to choose for an ability. So I I put this as a three um, just because this is next to Upwind, uh, my favorite system to play. It's got one number you take care of. It's simple addition and subtraction. It's one dice to worry about. Um, For ease of use, this is the best and creating the rules yourself with your um, DM really does help with the comprehension aspect. And you don't have to keep looking back into a book, which I do constantly with some of the bigger TTRPGs. So from my standpoint, this is, if you're going to do a longer campaign, this is really helpful for someone who might have a hard time with algorithms. Yeah, I would give it a three as well. It's there's not really the, the system is pretty straightforward um, and pretty forgiving if you don't exactly know, especially because a lot of the rules, even though it gives you guidelines, can be homebrewed to work around You know anyone who's working, who you're playing with. I guess having three stats and only really needing to use two 90% of the time is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. also because of the more gentler aspect of no one really dying... This does open it up to all age ranges, too, and being able to better scale like what's happening for younger kids and older kids, which I think is one of the big drawbacks in a lot of them, is that some of them can get very violent, where this adds in an aspect that makes it a Saturday morning cartoon. Accessible. Yeah. Uh, comprehension. So I gave comprehension a two because even though, yes, the guidelines in the um, in the camp, uh, the system are very straightforward. They're a bit confusing, especially if you're trying to kind of figure out how to, especially through a character creation standpoint and building and world building. It's very vague as to how how to go about making the um, go about making the power, you know, the inscri- uh, inscribed powers or the Mundi's abilities. It and. There were some moments where I was just like, well, I don't know what what are the differences between the talents and passives and you know, I kinda got lost at one point and was just like, What am what am I supposed to give these people? If I can just chime in for a second, I, I You may not. I do agree. It, the, the the process does seem a little arcane at times. If you don't have somebody with a, a firm understanding going into this, it can be a pretty daunting task to um, understand the core foundation to to really get into running the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally did give this a three. I've I've gone through about three uh, anime campaign systems so far, or at least three runnings of it. Um, I'd only actually played in about two of them, but uh, I feel like that experience from the the third gave me enough understanding of both the system as well as uh, sort of character creation, uh, enemy creation, plot lines, and structure, where this system wasn't too hard to understand. 
the only real thing you have to worry about is the overhead uh, as a DM or a, a game master uh, with creating enemies and creating the plotline, as well as the character creation process, uh, which is another thing we'll discuss in a little bit. I, I gave it a two. They do give examples in this book to help you guide with character creation. They have examples in uh, a homebrew document for Unforgotten Realms as well that's attached to the Google Doc. That said, reading this has always been difficult for me. And part of that is also just because I don't read as well on like a, a computer screen as I would like a, a you know paper book. I've always found it a lot more difficult personally to comprehend that. Uh, My dorky self printed it out the first time so I could read it. So if you need to read a copy, let me know because I have it in my house. <laughs> that is very smart. I, uh, other than that, though, it definitely doesn't hold your hand too much, especially if you're running a campaign. They do have all, everything in there, kind of, but it's all very uh, vague. It's not particularly well uh, explained. And to be fair, it is a uh, unpublished system. So it's not like they're making money off this thing. I, I don't hold him to too high of a standard. You know, it was created to help him, uh, Jello Apocalypse, run his campaign for his Twitch stream. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, how do we feel about the materials? Uh, I know we only really got uh, two, maybe three Google Docs. I try to be a bit lenient with this, as it is just a, two Google Docs and not really... And, you know, we don't really pay for any of this. It's all free. So I gave it kind of... A, I gave it a two um, because it's free. It's a free uh, system, and you can use whatever you have in the house. Or you could do Theater of the Mind. I have paid for a number of pen and paper systems like this over the years, and very few have come close to the, the quality that this game provides. I gave it three just because... E e just alone for the fact that this is free, and it is it is so easily accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. I also gave it a three. I have given it a two uh, on this, and as I said, first of all, I, I do appreciate having a paper copy of something, and while I do realize that, once again, uh, it is free online, I'm honestly surprised that he hasn't published anything for this. I mean, he hasn't shied away from doing merch for this uh franchise for Epithet Race before. He's done uh, plushies. He's doing a book right now, Kickstarter for a book Prisoner and audio book. I'm really surprised that they haven't published a small uh, paperback copy of this thing and sold it for like 10 bucks. I With maybe some more apt descriptions, images, uh, a couple of more examples, maybe some uh, pre-made character, more pre-made characters in the back or something like that. Uh, to help someone really run this system, uh, I feel like you could actually make some kind of profit off that, too. I should note, uh, one of the uh, stretch goals for Prison of Plastic, the audiobook that they're coming up with, along with the book, uh, was that they would do exactly that. Oh, okay. So it, it that was a couple months ago when the actual uh, Kickstarter started. So I think they're going to start on Prison of Plastic first. And then when they're getting closer to actually releasing that, they'll, they'll do that. But at the current, at, the, at this current date, which is the, it's like the, what, 20, 31st? Yeah, the yep. 31st of July. Um, they they did not have that prepared. I've, I've been checking the wikis to make sure I hadn't missed anything, and I hadn't seen any information on that there. I had seen that they were talking about releasing ep the old episodes for this uh, on there, but nothing about making the book. So glad that they're making it. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, Material Stand is a two for me. Coolio. All right, that's enough for system uh, gameplay and by extension setup. Oh boy! So, as as one, I was the one who ran this. I would give it a one, yeah. because it was a pain to set up because I have to sit down with literally everyone, I want everyone one by one, and set up the characters. Especially if you don't know, especially makes it a lot harder if you don't know what you want to play, or mm -hmm. well, because especially with Will who didn't really know exactly what he wanted to play. It was like pulling teeth. Yep. And um, then having to not only make the characters, like I, like previously I said, making the characters, but also come um, come up with the story, come up with the, the enemies that, you, that the players would be facing, and try to balance everything, because, you know, some people may seem 
you know, good by themselves, but by, uh, may seem broken by themselves, but when with a team, they may seem underpowered compared to the rest, mm-hmm. as or we did see earlier. Just to chime in on that last part, um, when we were building our character, or my character, um, we had added things that we had believed were not going to be that overpowered, and in actual gameplay, were ridiculously overpowered. Um, I, I, and I, I do feel that uh, a big issue with the setup is is because it's it's so freeform. Uh, there is no real barometer for how what you want to do and how you word it is going to affect the overall gameplay. Wording is very, very important to creating the the passive abilities and the traits. If we could just circle back for a minute. With character creation, I do argue that, like, a session zero is a very standard thing. We could have absolutely, like, all came here one day, just done our own things while you pulled us one by one to do it. Um... I think that also a lot of the issues that we have with this game is that we always play this as a one shot. We haven't done like a true multi, um, multi game session. Session. Well, we didn't do an actual campaign, so all of this setup supposed to be like once every year or once like every couple months. Like it's not supposed to be an every time thing. I I will say it does suggest that you run these as one shots. In, in like the first few uh, paragraphs for the uh, when it talks about how long they want to run the campaign it says usually three to eight hours for standard one shot and you can run this as multiple one shots if you'd like after so I feel like this is a very controversial thing for us and we were talking about setup a little bit before we started recording and I think that was where we had the most back and forth uh, I, I personally gave it a one for setup I've feel that we had talked about how during character creation uh, it relies heavily on the fact that the player and the game master communicate uh, frequently and the player should be putting in a lot of the work for character creation to take some of that weight off of the game master and also help balance out abilities between players. The problem with that is with the epithet users especially if you don't want other people to know where your epithet is, they can't be around when you're doing character creation. It has to be you take people on, uh, off on their own one at a time and build them together, and that ends up still putting that weight on the Game Master. I am so glad you brought that up. I, I think if this game did not incentivize uh, with the, the proficiency bonus by guessing another player's uh, epithet... Um, it could be shifted to more of a, a, a group effort towards character creation. And like you said, with a session zero, it, it would be a lot more realistic rather than having everyone get together and then pulling everyone apart one by one. And, you know, I mean, that you'll turn a session zero into an eight hours with of one-on-one time with, with your four to five player characters. I should note for transparency, uh, transparency's sake, uh, the rule that is being referenced here, the, the proficiency bonus, is if you don't know a person's epithet and you guess their epithet, you gain a, a certain amount of proficiency, uh, which I don't remember the exact amount, but it, you might roll like a d20. Uh, for context in that rule, uh, one, it is optional. Guessing epithets is optional, though. You know, that's that's kind of not really optional. I don't say that it's optional, I should say. Uh, two, there's no downside when a person guesses your epithet, that person just gains proficiency bonus. So the the idea of keeping your epithet secret is only a like a preference thing. It reveals like your power and what your your shtick might be, but apart from that it won't like give you a disadvantage or give that person advantage against you. But I think that if the whole guessing a person's epithet makes it a bit challenging for the DM and the and the players to set up because you can easily, I think in general, you could have easily set up a session zero and then maybe to churned out all everyone's characters maybe in an hour. But that turns this into a really long process. Especially if, you know, the person get if they're playing an inscribed or something and they don't know what exactly they want to do with their characters. And just to tie that in with the balancing issue, when, when you have each character individually isolated in, in their own sort of bubble, um, they're 
there is no real way to see how their traits and features are going to act off of each other and, and how ultimately effective your character is going to be. I, I can say with Waffle Man, I thought that was going to be a great character. And I think I did one thing. Like, I was useless because I everybody else was just geared towards doing other stuff that I couldn't help with. I, I feel like if, if there was the the understanding that you know we weren't gonna try and guess each other's epithet epithets um i keep wanting to say epitaphs um, i mean both of it both are appropriate but um it would be a lot easier to make a more cohesive group and i i feel like for long-term play that might be more fun yeah um because you can balance that very easily and Exactly. I think ultimately where this game does shine is the uniqueness of the characters that you're able to create with the the um with the random words you're given. Um, yeah. I I will also say on that note for the random words, uh, and this is more of a personal thing for me too. Uh, I don't know how everyone else feels about that. Uh, I I really wish I had more choice than the three because I've made a few characters for this now. And uh, usually I'll, I'll roll a word and like two of them are ones I don't either know or they just are so plain that I, I just couldn't think of a character concept for them. Uh, one of the things you do when during character creation is you uh, access a random word generator, which they provide for you in the, in the docs as well. And uh, you get three words and you choose one of them to build your character around or at least your, your power set around if you're an epithet user inscribed uh it's less prevalent if you're a monday but almost everyone usually wants to play inscribed because who wouldn't want to have magical powers so most sessions i've run people will choose to be inscribed if they can and i sometimes have a, a lot of difficulty coming up with a character based on one of three words especially if i'm not super jazzed about it and i guess you could just forego that too if you really want to and just have someone pick a word that they really like and have a character concept for nothing wrong with that but it does kind of go against the uh what's the word spirit of the spirit game. of the game uh i have said this way too much this week but especially with board games leave like take what works and leave what doesn't so if you were playing this and you didn't want to do where you get to try and figure out each other's um, words, you don't have to do that. Or if you want to say, yeah, players, pick from five words or give me three words that you like and I'll pick that word for you. Um, so you can, this this is a really free form idea. It's not like really set in stone on what you're supposed to do. No, you're right. And uh, I just feel that it's important to say, don't feel like you have to follow these rules if they're not working for you. Uh, go you're, go with it, and you'll probably have a better time. You're not in a prison of plastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was a lot of talk on setup. That's sort of most of the, the crux of the uh, discussion we had pre-recording. Uh, so moving on to, into rate of play. I gave the rate of play a two. Um, because at some point when I was running it, um, as the as the GM, there are some points where I'm just like I kind of don't know where to go with it from here, and I kind of felt like sometimes I was losing you guys with the thing, um, especially because you like I mean like with this was with every tabletop game, you kind of have to take into account you know you're playing with other people and you don't know what they're gonna do, so you're gonna have to roll with the punches. Yeah, and um, sometimes you're just like wait. They could have done this or that, but I mean, it's like they said, it's up to a lot of, it is great that it, you get a lot of freedom with this, but at the same time, it also makes it a bit hard to kind of get people engaged, especially if it's roleplay heavy. Some people may not be comfortable with, you know, those role, being able to do roleplay as they're a bit shy or something. Yeah, it's it's got the same problem that a lot of uh, tabletop RPGs have where... As the DM, the answer might seem super, super obvious because you literally created all the, the problems and you know all the eccentricities. Uh, but as a player, you only have like a fraction of the understanding that the DM has. So um, understanding where you need to go and what you need to do is a lot harder. This reminds me a lot of Ten Candles uh, with like the open air of it. Uh, I gave it a three. I love our like roleplay heavy games. 
Uh, but it definitely had that you don't know what's going to happen, and it's very player-based on how we're leading the DM through their general outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rate of play, I also gave it a two. Uh, overall, it's the kind of game where I've we were on this probably, what, two, maybe three times a year, generally. And we, yeah, because we... we? Because I've run... done this, or at least I have, because I've either done or played in about well, there was there was the five one that... to six of these camp of one shots so far, and uh, I've only been known of this game for a few years now. You've participated in a lot more one shots than I was expecting. Well, there was one that I ran initially. Mm-hmm. There was one, two of them that you ran, I believe. The one I ran that was based on the community college setting. The one I did with Nelson, and I feel like I'm missing one. What was the other one that yeah. I ran? Because I only remember the um, the one mafia had... one. Yeah, that was the one that I remember. The I, Hulk the, Hogan one. The first one, I, I if I remember correctly, I believe the first one fell apart. Uh, the first time we played it, that was a mirror with the horse and me as Dale Gribble, but with glue. Yeah, that was the first one I, I ran. Um, I yeah, I was there for that one. I will be honest, I didn't fully understand the game at that time, and it seemed like a lot of work, and then I never used that character again. I, And then, going from there, I have put significantly less thought and effort into my characters, uh, for better or for worse, but I, I do kind of feel like that's a kind of good thing. Well, uh, so all, all I'm saying is that I've run this a few times now in a couple of years. It's definitely a game where I'd play it again, for sure. But it's not the kind of game where I would play weekly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would like to throw out here. This is this is the third time I've played this game. Uh, I, I play it roughly once a year since Ian got the game, uh, and it is it is definitely one of the highlights of of my tabletop experience for the year. If I, I got the game, I downloaded a PDF. <laughs> yeah. I'd also uh, very quickly before I segue into that. Uh, I would like to note, this is a game that I would personally uh, run as a DM, but I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much as a player. Because it's a lot more uh, freeing in the DM perspective, because you don't have like st- specific statistics for monsters, and everything's kind of loosey-goosey with what you're allowed to do. And unlike players, where you have to roll randomly, you could literally pick an epithet for all the NPCs. Uh, now, in regards to the PDF comment... Uh, price for the game i gave it a three yeah i, mean, I think everyone gave it a three yeah, you it's really free. can't when it's free when it's like, free you gotta give it a three <laughs> zero stars this game deserves to to be making money you're going to jail <laughs> true capitalist yeah talk about great at crime but a bing this is just gonna be a references the episode no don't throw things at me <laughs> does it change your score then will that uh, they are going to be making it into a, a little book Oh, yeah, yeah. Three stars. Woo! 10 out of 10. All right. Uh, I kind of feel like we should sort of mix these next two up because they're kind of one and the same in a certain regard. Uh, Community and extras. I gave Community a two as it was really hard actually trying to get help with this. As, you know, I tried to go through Reddit, I tried to go through Discord and stuff, and there wasn't really much. People were just like, just basically wing it. And you're just like, but if it's your first time running, you're like, wait, what are the what's the expectation for this? But even though, and if you try to ask, it's just like run it the way you want to. It's, I um, and I think this will tie into my comment earlier with this sort of like arcane aspect around it. Once you understand it, it becomes exponentially easier to recreate and do again. Um, but. Just getting the ball rolling and finding out how to like start making the campaign is, is a very big undertaking, and there's not a whole lot of people out there that are willing to sit down and give you the, the time for how to do this stuff, especially since the creator had taken down the, the video. For, for the original ones, he had uh, only because he didn't, and he's going to be re-releasing them again. He just didn't want to initially spoil, supposedly, some of the... Uh, content to come for the uh franchise the vods on twitch.tv yeah. for the original anime campaign oh okay my misunderstanding with that i thought that that was actually like set up information the whole no, it's, it's just how he ran it the whole epithet erased uh like show from verve is available for free on youtube if you did want to see that 
And I feel like when we're talking about community, we kind of have to bring up the fact that there is the the web series. Yep. Uh, I had done, uh, I'd gone like a deep diving essentially into Reddit and Discords when I was doing research for uh, this, this episode. And I had found uh, fairly active communities, mostly though based around the show Epithet Erased. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, several of the ones that I saw uh, had uh, at least a channel or two dedicated to the anime campaign system with character creation and the the Epithet Erased fan club in particular I had uh, posted in uh, for their Discord. They were happy to... There were several people who answered my questions about the community and things like that. And it looked like they had regular postings in their uh, anime campaign channel. So the community is definitely active. And I think a big part of that is, one, it's a free downloadable PDF document for a system that's based on a, a semi-popular IP. So it's going to have a lot of fans and people that have free and easy access to a game that they've seen played that they can replicate. So you're going to have a big fan base and a lot of activity in that community. Also, even like the Epithet Erase sub, uh, subreddit does have OC content in it. So if you scroll through, you can find like ideas of what people did for certain words. Cause they'll often make like, so Epithet Erased has a little screen with like a character on one side and some of the little skills on the other side like they'll make their yeah they'll make their own of those like modeled after the game all right brooke you know what you need to do you're gonna make player cards for all of us happily this is again one of my favorite systems and i feel like we've discussed enough about uh, both prison and plastic these hopefully soon to be released book not quite book but audiobook like, uh, no, I mean the 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 rule set. The, oh yeah, yeah. Have the rule set for extras, and uh, perhaps in that they'll have more examples and sort of maybe some descriptions of abilities and whatnot. Uh, one can hope. Uh, yeah, leading into extras for that one. Yeah. I think uh, as of right now, uh, I, I don't have really any score for this in extras. There's not a lot there other than the original PDF. Some helpful guides that were placed in there as well for the word generator, things like that, but nothing that they produced. That said, if they are going to be releasing a uh, a physical copy of this, I'm assuming they're probably going to put more stuff in there as well. So that is bound to change as that comes out. I I am going to count the show as as part of the extra on this one. I I do feel like having a a, a show like this does open up the 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 door for for ideas and and possible ways to run your campaign. Uh, that also being said, um, I know, like with Roll20, uh, my biggest issue with that is a lot of the times you, you have the, the the possibility of raising your, your potential player character's expectations to unrealistic levels by having a professional crew run a campaign uh, versus, you know, uh, the average person. I, this seems to be a big point of contention for us as well. It's like the second one. Uh, should we count the the separate uh, projects he's done based on this system as extras for the game? I'm going to give it one point. So that, that will bring it up to a total of two. It, it, has, it has base content as well as something else. Um... And then with the clarification you gave me earlier, he goes into detail about how he ran the campaign, and that I'm going to count as associated with the show as well. I um, also personally consider uh, the character, like, on the, the subreddit, and this might be more so considered community content, but I still consider it extras. Uh, on the subreddit, they'll consistently post like, oh, hey, I have this word as an epithet. What's some good power sets for them? And you can always use those for inspiration or for additional material if you're working on either an NPC or if a player needs, if like a player has a similar word, you can use that as like inspiration to draw from. I think with this game, we need to, to make it clear that we are probably going to be counting community and extras more homogeneously than in previous iterations. Yeah. Extras are usually like more important in board games, in my opinion. Like we're talking like, the expansion stuff are great in board games. When we have a system like this, it's so freeform. Extras don't do too much. Yeah. Fair. 
Um, and then that's why I think we can be a little bit liberal with the, the definition of, the, yeah, the, of the definition extra. of the, I mean, we're not, anime campaign is not going to be releasing the, the next like Curse of Strahd. Uh, although it would be awesome Sponsored if they did. By Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, right. Pre-made adventures would not be a bad idea for this game. I'll be uh, honest. Actually, it'd be a actually, little hard. Yeah, I mean, not that hard though. Even well, if it was just outlines, yeah. like if someone just outlined, here's the big bad, here's kind of an idea of the area you're in. So if it was just like a quick paragraph idea to start you off. Yeah, that's kind of like what Kids on Bikes had for these uh, deluxe edition, um, which does help. Um, which it would help with this, especially if you're trying don't have an idea but you want to run the system the system you know at least get a, some idea i think would be nice because sometimes you're just like wait oh okay i mean we made the characters but what's the setting going to be like and what what am i going to do now yeah all right now we get into the the personal section even though most of the stuff we've been going over has been very personal anyway uh how did we enjoy the game as a GM, I gave it a three. It's really fun to it's really fun to see people uh, try out, you know, do the role role play and um, and it's it's actually fun where it's not like oh these numbers of dice uh, you have to deal with these numbers of dice. You just have to deal with a d twenty, and it's pretty you know it being very fun because it's very simple and easy to to run once you get it up up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it a two for enjoyment. Uh, it's not as much my speed. I, I do enjoy it. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's definitely not up there with like my favorite games, but it is definitely something I really do enjoy running uh, occasionally. Uh, and I I, I kind of come and go as I play it. Like as far as uh, the combat system, I find can uh, drag on a little bit. It either drags on or goes way too fast. Mm-hmm. It, it is. <laughs> it doesn't have very good pacing for the combat system. Which is kind of weird for me because even though it's a game that's very open-ended, it seems to uh, focus very heavily, especially in character creation, on what you do during combat. Or at least it has for any of the ones I've, I've looked at or read or seen the examples of. Yeah. That might be on us, though. I I think we were we had a very combat-oriented mindset when each of us was making our characters. Because I think I remember our discussions being like, okay... So I'll I'll play like a tanky character. You're thinking like a sort of a supportive character. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's exactly how the two of us did it. Was we we immediate like we figured out what class we wanted to. I think if we removed that, the con- yeah, if we just built characters based on like a theme, that yeah, might have worked better for us. I, I think we should. Tr- all right, guys, we're gonna record this again. We're gonna Take redo two. it all. I will I, say I did. I, oops, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's, I, I also do think I know it says one shots, but like when you're not thinking about this being one go, you start to think about what makes me useful outside of combat. Mm-hmm. With one shots, it's usually one big battle leading up to it with RP. So you're not doing a lot of that support. Like the character I created did have a lot of support because I knew it was going to be a one shot. I didn't grab any of those slots. Because I knew it wasn't going to come up. The only one I had was like a passive that shows me the value of items, which would be great in a longer campaign. But like for this one shot, it it doesn't. I think it's the way we're using the system. Yeah, I will say I did have a lot more fun making a character than I did uh, playing my character. But again, for the aforementioned reasons, probably because I had a more combat oriented uh, aspect of it. Even though I generally prefer playing more role play uh, things. Which I guess might have been seen in how I was playing my character, but it never came across in combat. Coolio. Yeah. Alright. Uh, would we recommend this game to others? Yes and no. I I gave this a two and a half, and I feel like that's being a little generous. Um, I, I do really like playing this game. But I wouldn't wish the character creation on my worst enemy. This it, it, it is a big undertaking, and it's it's not like something like D anD D where you know we can sit down and we can make a character in a half an hour. This is a lot of work, and it's a kind of a big ask for some people, especially with like trying to come up with a character that's unique and creative and. Then on top of that, their skills and abilities need to be be 
relevant to to your word while also still being funny and uh, i don't know if any of you guys did this but having nice little blurbs in there oh yeah i did yeah we yeah. all did that okay that's I mean, basically so... requirement for character creation have those little blurbs yeah but I... it's it's also again you don't have to be funny or punny like it suggests you do it but like if you can't think of anything no one's seeing your character sheet but you i i did it personally with everyone just to be fun and you oh, give yeah. some flavor text. it's an add-on so, it, exactly. But I mean, when when you have something with the theme of like a Saturday morning cartoon and you want to kind of fit this theme, especially if, if you're maybe trying to do multiple takes at this, like over the course of a couple of months in between like whatever your normal group play is. I just realized something. What? If we... If we removed the abilities, like all, all the passives, talents, and actual like uh, powers uh this would just be excellence with a d20 yeah we've established that yeah. we like a very specific style of game I, i'll be honest uh, this does go back into system very briefly just backtracking slightly uh regarding the character creation i am trying to think of why i like upwind's character creation better than this even though they're very similar as far as you have three ability, up when you have three abilities, three traits, and three powers, it's it's even more to ask than it is for this, and yet it seemed to go a lot smoother for me. I had a lot more fun doing it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I but think I know. I think I know as well. But you go. Uh, it's because unlike in Epithet Erased, when you come up with your uh, abilities, your skills, and your potential. Uh, you don't have to come up with what they do. You only have to come up with like the name and what you think they do and what you might use it for outside of that. So like you don't have to come up with like uh, the the standee ability, which literally just creates a standee uh, or like blocks a, a certain amount of damage. You don't have to think about that. You just have to think, oh, I've got uh, it. It isn't easy being green. And just mm-hmm. any time... I'm, I I feel rich or uh, I'm having like a tough time, I can use that ability and that just triggers. That's that's probably it. I, and my well, recommendation score reflects uh, that too for me. Uh, I did want to just add in real quick, um, just to, to piggyback off of your thought real quick. Yeah, it ain't easy green and green. Uh, well, that. But I think you're also... Rather than being restricted to a specific word that, in some cases, can be a little bit obtuse, uh, you're you're rather kind of stuck with a, a, a specific element, which is a little bit easier to conceptualize into different things. There's a lot of lot of sayings for the the different things in Upwind. Yeah. And it's also based on the concept itself, so your element only limits your potential, so you still have six slots for, like, coming up with creative stuff. Yeah, exactly. I would give the for recommendation, I gave it a two, because it is fun. It is, especially if you're trying to find something that is different from what you're currently playing. It's a nice break, to be honest. Yeah. But it's a little, it's, it is a little niche, uh, as some people may like the whole roleplay role play heavy uh, aspect to it. And some may not, and I, I would, uh, I would say, you know, not everyone's going to enjoy something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's more of something you kind of have to read your group and know exactly if they would like something like that or not. Yeah. I would personally, uh, I would, I give it a three for recommendation. I would recommend this, but with the catch that I would be the DM, uh, because I feel like. To recommend this to someone so that they could run, uh, unless they have assistance, like as a co-DM that you're assisting them, uh, it's a lot harder, and I feel like it'll overall be less fun for everyone involved if they don't have like that understanding of the rules or understanding how certain things work and interact. Yeah, the reason I brought up Upwind before, by the way, because it, it reflects on my recommendation score of 2, for the same reason I gave Upwind a 2 for recommendation. I would recommend this to people, but there are certain people who would not be able to play this. But that goes with any system. Yeah. Yeah, but... So that means, like, we cap out at two, because, like, I definitely wouldn't suggest, like, straight D&D to a lot of my friends, because I know they couldn't sit there and, like, focus that long or do the algorithms for it. And not only that, too, but 
Algebra. A lot of people think they want to play D&D, but in reality, they just they just want like a, a creative outlet to to I don't I don't really fully understand this, but like they want like a storytelling experience. Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly it. They want to be Arthur and the the Knights of the Round Table, but they also don't want to have to do all this math to get there. Well, yeah, and and not only that, but like I I can kind of understand the the not really wanting a true challenge in some cases. I mean, when I when I used to when I lived in my first apartment. Uh, my roommates had come up with a, a completely like theater of the mind tabletop game, and th- there was there was no challenge whatsoever. But they enjoyed it because it was just the the role playing aspect that really was what drove it home. Hmm. Um, I would not recommend this to people who are new to role playing games. Is all I'm saying. But for something like D and D Fifth Edition, I would. There, the rules are set up. There are references everywhere. Uh, it's known for being a kind of thing that pretty much anyone can get, even if they might struggle with it. I I don't think a new role-playing game... Someone new to role-playing games should start with this. I think if if you are already in a, in a position where you, you've done role-playing in the past, maybe not necessarily associated with a tabletop game. This might be a good entry into it. There's a lot less algorithms, a lot less math, it's one die, it's... it, it is a lot more freeform, and it is a lot more up to somebody who, who is creatively minded like that. Fair enough. Alrighty. Uh, moving on to the last section in uh, the personal area, or at least last one with numbers, uh, replay value. I gave the replay value a 2 because it's something that I definitely play with friends. The only thing is it's sometimes like pulling teeth when you want to make make a session because it's so much, going back to the setup, it's so much to set up in order for you to get everything off the ground. I mean, once you have everything, yeah, you can play. But you sometimes do dread the whole, like, having to DM or, you know, set up your character sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I will never not want to play this game. And I keep all of my character sheets in the hopes that people will continue their games. Uh, because I do want to play this more. Especially because the more you play, the more abilities on your your sheet you get. Like, you, you make all these specific skills that you want to use but you can only pick one of them at the start like i desperately want to go visit my coconut girl again her her word was just coconut and she had some amazing skills that i wish i could have used but we only played it once that is the other thing too is the the make five pick three that that hurts yeah because then you create this really really cool uh like kit that your character can use but then, like, you have to choose which one, like, which abilities you want to use. And so it hurts when you make, it, like, abilities that interact with each other. And then that means that you either have to take both of them or you will always be regretting the fact that you took only one. Uh, luckily, the proficiency system functions such that at 20 proficiency, uh, you get, like, an ex- I think you get an extra thing. And then every, like, two to five proficiency after that you get an upgrade for one of your active abilities or choose a new one. So in in a longer running campaign, you would have this chart which you would basically select which spots when your things upgrade or your DM would select those or when you would get new abilities, which you'd be able to choose from those five. And then I think at like 50, you get your uh, outclass, uh, which is just like a super OP ability. And then at 100, you get your overclass, which is another one. And see, like, we've never even got to touch those before. Yep. I haven't even gotten to think about one yet. Like, it hasn't even came into my mind. For replay value for me, just, I want to say it just real quick. I know I've sounded very critical of everything so far, but I, it is a three for me. I would yep. always play this game again. Three for me as well. This Likewise. Fantastic. As long as I don't have to DM, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I do want to bring up an argument we had off screen. Can yes. I do that? Go for it. Uh, we talked about how with NPCs having 
to make them individualized for like their class and thing. I just think we should touch on that in the podcast. Well, yes. Um, especially because, you know, having to do multiple sessions of this, you'd have to make each individual NPC, unfortunately, which makes it a bit harder to kind of run multiple sessions as now you're going to, as a DM, you're going to have to now make, take the time to actually have to make these. And if, you know, sometimes their payoff isn't even that good, to be honest, because you're just like, wait, I've spent all this time and then that person gets, you know, knocked out immediately. Yeah. It's like, eh. I will admit that only extends towards NPCs that either have an epithet or important NPC, NPCs who are Mundies. Uh, you could just have like a shopkeeper NPC who's neither and all you need to know is like one or two personality traits in their name. I, I learned this lesson very early on, uh, running Epithet Erased, or anime campaign system, uh, that after, after a certain point, I just started making most of the, the guys grunts, and I gave them various uh, defining features and characteristics that made them unique enough that the players could differentiate them, but after two or three uh, hits, so to speak, against them, they just went down. I didn't really have to keep track of hit points too much for them. I, if you're running this and you're kind of uh, afraid that you'll have to uh, create unique NPCs for each combat, you really don't. I would just recommend call, making them what I call grunts and just having them go down after a couple hits and making like maybe three or four big bads who have specialized powers. Exactly. Not to be confused with minions, which go down in one hit. <laughs> yeah, grunts versus mingans. Remember, we can't say the actual word because uh the movie that came out recently. Oh, you're right. DreamWorks right. will come after us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not saying that one. I, Anyhow. The Munions. <laughs> the Funions. <laughs> oh, no, we can't say that either. Uh, so, finally, our classic to innovative scale and then the simple to complex scale. I gave it closer towards an innovative because it's a fresh take on... um, It's a fresh take for a system that lends itself well to many, many settings where you can make you know, the stereotypical, like, fantasy setting. You could even do, you know, modern, sci-fi, anything, mm-hmm. really. And it's, it's simple enough that you can just um, run it with your friends and such. Okay, so you're innovative simple. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I've given it an innovative uh, two, and uh, this is something that really only Will will uh, get. But when I had played this for the first time, I had sent it to our friend uh, Anthony. Because he had done a system, he was designing a system that was very similar to this, and I actually felt like it worked out a lot of the kinks that he had been developing. And up until that point, it was the only time I had played, only other time I had played a game where the stamina determined things like hit points, magic powers, uh, movement, or not movement necessarily, but things like that. And just going like off of that, when... When we played Anthony's campaign, it did feel a little bit clunkier, but I will say, ever since then, I have really enjoyed having a, a universal stat that, that drains everything. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be for lore or, or for ease of use, it, it is very appreciated. It's a fun, refreshing concept. It is. Uh, and it, it makes balancing uh, uh, both your character's actions and health a little bit more of a concern versus something like D&D where I can just, you know, take a healing potion and be fine. Or lay on hands and I'll be fine. Or the cleric has a diamond and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know. Hmm. Uh, I personally gave it uh, actually classic too. Uh, because uh, I thought more so from the system perspective, less so the the character to character concepts, and more so just d twenty to determine all your things. No modifiers. Uh, you don't really have to worry about too much. So it's you know that it feels a lot like uh, I don't want to say original D anD D because I never actually played first edition, but I feel like first edition didn't really have too much to like original D anD D. Original D&D was so simple, guys. I don't yeah, know what you're talking I, about. All you, all you uh, needed to know was, was <laughs> Roll a D20 and you succeed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do feel like it being... It, it's very uh, classic in that regard of just like roll a D20 and that's your success. Uh, and then obviously very, very simple um, in, in the same token. Oh yeah, simple three for me. I, I don't yeah, think very I said simple. that. But... I did a simple two. I, I don't think this is as simple as like Go Fish or something. 
Uh, it does have a little bit of nuance to it, like I said, with the, with the stamina and, and that. Um, but overall, I, I went with a two, two complex as well. Um, or, I'm, I'm sorry, a, a, a too innovative and, oh. and too simple. Um, I, just counter what you said about D&D, Chris. No, don't do um, it. I, I feel like... Well, yes, it is. It is very like traditional to the roots of, of the, the original D twenty system. The the tables are hyper symbolized. Uh, you're not going you know through you know, a ton of tables to see if, if your hit matches their AC and then what the soak is on that. And and it's it's a simple contested role, which building an entire campaign around or an entire system around I is is very refreshing to me um it, it takes a lot of the the metagaming out of the equation you, you just kind of can't in this case uh and it, it really just comes down to if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't i will have to say um it is simple in the regards of being able to run it but it's a bit complex when it comes to uh Having to set up everything. Having to set up everything. That's what I will have to say. Is one of the big through lines for this episode is that uh, the Epithet Erased system slash anime campaign system has a lot of prep work. <laughs> We're going to be talking about this for the next 20 episodes. This yep. is our gold standard for what prep work is. I mean, between that, D&D, and Upwind, I feel like we're, we're going to have a lot of different things to compare things to. Wait until we get into Blood Bowl, guys. Oh, we got whole God. team rosters. I mean, we, we've mentioned ep, uh, anime campaign system almost every, every episode. episode so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think from from now on, we're probably going to mention it a lot less. Probably now that we it was it was a good maybe idea you just... guys will but again this is like my gold standard oh yeah, so yeah. it was a good idea just get I will bring way. it out for you don't worry all right uh, did we have any final closing comments on this I system? would say that it is a fun it is a fun game especially if you're trying to get a break from whatever game you're playing the only thing is that prep work is really t- it's really tedious and if your players aren't really up to it it can be very hard and it can be acting like pulling teeth. But it is very rewarding once you are able to get run it off the ground. This game might do best as as a filler game in between sessions, um, and it might behoove you to do all of the prep work at once. That way, you already have the pre-made characters when you do want to play. And you can do a nice, quick module in place in a normal session. Um, I feel like that's where this game would fit in into my daily rotation. Or my my life rotation. Okay, Bards, close your ears. If any of the viewers are playing this or need another person to play this with for more than a single session, please contact me. Because <laughs> this is my all-time favorite. I would play this more consistently than D&D if given the choice. Because it is so freeform. It is, I love RPing. This is my gold standard on what I want out of an RP or a game in general. So my my final thoughts on this. First of all, would I buy it when this book comes out? Absolutely. I would love to support the creator, support Jello Apocalypse. He's great. He has great work. It's a great system. It doesn't really hold anyone's hand uh, as far as what we have so far, uh, especially for beginners and game masters. Other than that, fantastic. I've always enjoyed it whenever I do it. Uh, I have very few complaints other than the, the laundry list that it looks like I had throughout this podcast. <laughs> I do also want to say, if you're planning on playing this, don't take yourself seriously. Like, you don't have to get down this system perfectly the first time. You can just have fun with it. Like, that's where this really succeeds in the fact that you're allowed to have fun and play with the system and just really go for it. Can I open my ears now? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, my comments are just that uh, the enjoyment and the time spent on prep work does depend uh, person to person, both on the experience uh, as well as the understanding of the system for the DM. Uh, because the system is open to interpretation, uh, it is therefore open to a lack of balance, which is also dependent on the DM's understanding of the system and their ability to actually balance the classes that are being played within the game. Uh, though, with that being said, it is still super fun to play, uh, especially when the game actually gets going. I feel like you just told me to get good. Yes, I did. 
You're my hero, Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, now, do we want to go over our overall scores uh, to close it off? Sure. Um, I give it a 34 out of 42. Ooh, 34? Um, 32 out of 42. 32. I give it a 34 and a half. Oh, my God. You're I give it a one. 34 and a half. There we go. I gave it a 39. And I gave it a 37. Uh, I don't know what the average is, but thinking about the numbers, that's about a 35. Yeah, so pretty good for us on average. Yeah. Not as good as Upwind, uh, obviously. It's pretty uh, close, uh, actually. Okay. Well, should be, should be, should be, should be. I think that was like a 36, 38. It was like a 30. Yeah. 30, I'm 38, pretty 37. sure I gave Upwind the exact same score. Well, you know. And sh- I know it ended sh- in a up. decimal. So. Mm-hmm. But Upwind also had a lot of half points. Yeah. Overall, pretty good game. Yeah. Definitely one of my top favorites. It's out there, like, top five. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 would get a tattoo of this game. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us for our discussion on one of our most talked about games on the podcast. If you are interested in learning more about the anime campaign system, the rules can be found on a public Google Docs file, and there are several subreddits and discords dedicated to Epithet that are raced and all things related to it, including the system. If you would like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at DanceWithBards or on our Facebook page. We also stream our gameplay on Twitch at WithBards. Goodbye! Bye! 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 Bye. Have a wonderful day.